0: Welcome to The Good Talk, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic.
1: Fantastic.
0: I love January. I don't. You don't?
1: <laughs> no. You're
0: thinking weather, aren't you? Yeah.
1: It's cold and gray and just, I don't know. It's It feels like such an abrupt like reentry into the real world, because you go from like all the fun holidays mm-hmm. packed into three months, and then January happens. Yeah.
0: You know, our friends up north, though, are laughing at us when we talk about cold and gray.
1: That's, that I know, that's fine. But, but it's, it's all it's perspective. It's all in context. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's all perspective. Yeah, what you're used to. Yeah, I get it. Well, the thing that I like, and I know we've talked a lot about it over the past couple of weeks, um, I just, I like setting goals and dreams in the new year. And, yeah. and I realize, like, I, I get it, you know, it's every day is a new day, right? But there is something in our culture about the new year. Sure. We, and we did our annual, Thing Meduji, what do you call that?
1: Date night where we well we goals. don't
0: do our annual we have an annual well, date once night a year. so once a year we,
1: super special.
0: No, we we do date nights regularly, but
1: the the this goal is setting. our
0: g- annual goal setting date night. Yeah, we do it every January. We go out uh, and we kind of we use this worksheet this year, which is a little more fancy than what we normally have. But I have this system. I've had this system since like college mm-hmm. for setting goals and. Uh, I like to set goals in the different categories of my life. So, the categories were like physical, vocational, financial, spiritual, slash self-growth, and then relational, mm-hmm. or family. And then setting two or three goals in, in each area, in yep. each category of my life. And that's what we've been doing together the past couple of years. Yep. And um, so, we go out and have dinner together. Like last night, we went to a coffee shop, had cup of coffee or you had your diet coke yeah. she didn't drink coffee
1: i know don't send me your hate mail i know aspartame is so we, gonna kill me we
0: go to these really cool coffee shops and she's like do you have
1: diet coke <laughs> <laughs> and in nashville it's so like horrible because there's the best coffee yeah. ever here but whatever. and then we
0: kind of laid out our goals for the year you got anything yeah. you want to share
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean mine are not going to be interesting to anybody i have like my typical like physical one it's just exercising super regularly, eating healthy. Yep. Um, those are super boring. Um, I do have like personal career goals, which I won't share <laughs> publicly. Yeah. And then I have like some self-help stuff. Like I want to take a video editing course. Um, I want to learn. A I new love that skill. idea by the
0: way. That surprised me last night.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just, there's something really fun and empowering about learning new skills. So I try to learn one new skill every year this year was, or this past year was, podcast editing and all of that jazz but yeah i want to i just want to sharpen that and continue to work on it but yeah yeah that's just like three of mine what are yours um Some i mean I,
0: you know i got a bunch of like the regular ones of working out five times a week um eating healthy that kind of stuff um but one of my most exciting ones actually this year is in the family category yeah and I'm, i i want to write a book to my three uh boys
1: yeah I love that idea. I've
0: been wanting to do that for a while. Just, uh, I've written a couple of books, but I want to write a book just to them, just about a little bit about my life and some of the mistakes I've made and lessons I've learned and hope that somehow maybe it helps them yeah. not make some of the same mistakes yeah. and also give them some insight just into my life and why I do the things I do, why I believe the things I believe. and
1: Yeah. hopefully they read it if you write it
0: they probably will not read it right now and i'm (laughs) okay with that i prepared myself for that but i'm thinking 10 years down the road this might mean a lot to
1: yeah no that's a really cool one i love it yeah good stuff so we uh, set our goals y'all should totally do it if you don't have like a husband or wife to do it with do it with a friend do it with your mom dad with anybody with your kids um it's really kind of fun and it's also when you do it in a group it holds you accountable and you know, Pete and I have done it every year and ironically one of my goals that I put down this year, Pete was late, like, Jordan. That's been on your last two years.
0: It has. Of that's, your and goals. that's okay.
1: And but it you know, it's good for it to live, you know, outside of yourself. So I would definitely encourage you guys to do that. It's yeah. good.
0: And then after that, we went to Mellow Mushroom I had pizza and played bingo.
1: Yeah, we're ninety eight years old. I, we I, set I, our goals and then we go <laughs> to play bingo.
0: <laughs> on Wednesday nights at Mellow Mushroom, oh if gosh. you live in the Franklin area, you're more than welcome to join us sometime. Uh, <laughs> they have bingo. And it's so awesome! You play like five games Is of bingo. Is it though? Yes. Is it
1: awesome? It's free to play.
0: It's free to play. I'm not. Sure and if it's you awesome. win, you get a ten dollars gift or 2 We've won
1: once, y'all, and we've gone for like <laughs> well over a year. <laughs> and it's only ten dollars. I it's won a couple like, times. Okay, it's ten dollars. It's not that like that. You wow. win per
0: per game, though. No, per game.
1: We've never won more than that's one half game. your I'm meal. Like, okay. Anyways, yeah. So. I, or don't don't go to bingo night you can just play bingo in the I, comfort I, of your home i don't know
0: why but i love it you do i love it So, I mean, this is a thrilling podcast, so (laughs) this would be a great time for me to remind you to continue to rate and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, Uh,
1: Share this. This is just so uh, enthralling, I'm sure. It really is. Yeah, rate, subscribe. Um, We try and cover all kinds of topics here. Um, Last week, we talked about distraction towards like getting ultimate fulfillment in your relationship or your job. And this week, what are we going to talk about?
0: Uh, We're going to kind of talk about, I'm I'm calling this, this is episode 12, by the way. I'm going to call it uh, Don't Shoot the Wounded. Yeah based off a phrase I used to hear when I was growing up. But you're right. uh, Last week, we were very practical. We talked about distractions. Oh, it's cool. I was on a coaching call today with a guy who runs a business, and he was talking about, you know, we talked about the top three. Mm -hmm. We talked about distractions are often what uh, attract you towards the good and you miss the essential. Yeah. So we talked about those top three, and he talked about how he was using that in his company now Mm -hmm. with each employee to help them establish their top three. three. I was like, that's cool. It
1: is cool. So anyway,
0: last week was practical. This week, not so practical.
1: This week's like kind of more of something you and I are passionate about, slash we experience ourselves, so. And I actually have not heard, I mean, I know this topic, we've talked about it a lot, but this is going to be new to me too, so. Yeah. Fresh years.
0: growing up, I used to always hear this phrase, uh, don't shoot the wounded, right? And then it was used often inside the church in a negative sense, people being negative towards the church to say the church always shoots its wounded. And what they, you know, the, the idea behind that was that oh, when someone had messed up, the church often gave up on them mm. or kind of walked away. And I won't get into this personal story, but I experienced that personally in my family context growing up. I saw that happen to a church yeah. that we were a part of. And um, so I was just kind of thinking a little bit about that. And yes, you and I are very passionate about grace and extending that to others. But I was thinking about, um, I I think for a large majority of my life, I really missed this. Mm -hmm. I really missed so many opportunities to extend um, grace and mercy to people. Not intentionally, I just, I kind of missed it. So if you know anything, and I know you know this about my personality, is I don't, I don't like to insert myself into places I haven't been invited.
1: Yes. So
0: true. I'm never going to walk into a meeting I haven't been invited to. I'm not going to show up at your house unless you have blatantly given me an invitation to come over to your house. I just... Yeah. Right? When you And that's probably true about your personality oh, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back. It's my personality probably combined with a fear of rejection, like the idea of showing up somewhere where I'm not wanted mm-hmm. would destroy me. Yeah. So it's always safer for me to only insert myself in the situations where I know that I'm welcome to be there. Yeah. Okay? Now, translate that over because when I think about how I've done ministry for a long time, I think it's really impacted me. For, for instance, I, I never wanted to insert myself into somebody else's crisis. So if I heard about somebody in the hospital, I wasn't the kind of person who just, oh, I'm going to show up at the hospital and be with them. Mm-hmm. I always thought to myself, if they or their family want me to be at the hospital, they'll call me and ask me to come to the hospital, right? I would have never just shown up. Um, I think about, and this is where it's probably most like detrimental, um, if I had a friend in my life who had screwed up, messed up, maybe they made a really poor choice, maybe they lost their job, maybe their marriage was unraveling, maybe there's some kind of crisis. I'd usually sit back and hope, that they'd reach out to me. And I knew if they did reach out to me, I was going to meet them with nothing but grace and love, mm-hmm. right? This wasn't a judgment thing. Mm-hmm. It was just me kind of sitting back. And I, I, I call this now looking back, I had a polite indifference. Yep, I thought I was being polite. I thought I was being kind by kind of playing neutral until they reached out to me. But the fact is I watched a lot of people, probably the overwhelming majority of people, never reached out because they they just suffered in their shame alone because shame does weird things to you, right? Oh, yeah. It, it just does. And And I just thought, I thought to myself, I'm sure... You know, people who'd messed up. I'm sure they're surrounded by people who are helping them through this, or I bet they just don't want to talk about it right now. Or if they want to talk to me, they'll reach out to me. They know how to get a hold of me. Those are all the things I told myself. But looking back, I think it was completely false. In fact, that assumption probably robbed me of some of what could have been some of the best ministry moments that I would have ever had. Because here's the deal. When you screwed up And when you failed at something miserably, or you've disappointed a bunch of people, you didn't live up to somebody's expectations, like shame comes flooding into your life. And again, shame does some really weird things to you. And at the root of it, it makes you feel like you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Right? It robs you the confidence you need to approach people and ask them for help. In fact, it's like you're already, if you're experiencing a tremendous amount of shame, it's like you're on emotional like life support. Yeah. And you have this fear. If I were to share this story with one wrong person, mm-hmm. it would literally be like pulling the plug. Yeah. It'd be like emotional suicide. So I, I think I, I might have even told part of this story in the first episode. Mm-hmm. I won't bore you guys with the details, but for about eight months after I'd resigned from my longtime ministry job had been through a divorce, I felt a tremendous amount of shame. And uh, for those eight months, you've heard me tell the story many times, I, I would go grocery shopping at 1 o'clock in the morning, like when I knew people wouldn't be there. Yeah. I I I just, I didn't want to see people. I, did, I, I was scared to see people. I didn't have the confidence to see people. I was worried about being judged. I had, again, just no confidence. And uh, for months and months, I walked around with my head just, hanging low I, I could not make eye contact with other people i was uh, emotionally fragile would probably be the term that i would use there mm-hmm. and and now i think back to all those years of ministry where i was expecting the people in my life who'd experienced a public failure or even a private failure of some kind i was expecting them to reach out to me if they needed me but they couldn't even on their best days That was too much of a risk. And what they didn't need was my polite indifference. They didn't need my silent prayers. They needed me to rush into their life and speak words of love and grace.
1: Yeah, and can't you remember, because obviously, you know, you and I both separately and together have been through some crazy stuff and just experienced hate, experienced um, indifference, you know, and I think you and I both can pinpoint those very few people in the se- different seasons for each of us that did come to us mm-hmm. you know and for me <laughs> it was mostly just my family um i had a couple friends but like the people who you thought would come running to you didn't and it's almost like even still i know this is wrong cuz like you said a lot of times people don't even realize that they're doing this but in the back of my mind some of those people still in my brain i tell myself they don't approve of me. They've yeah. never said that. They just haven't said anything. Yeah. So you just assume that silence is disapproval and I it breaks my heart to know the times that I may have unknowingly done that to somebody else.
0: And you have. I and know. I have. Yeah. Dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens of times oh, exactly. because of what I call polite indifference. Yeah. You didn't want to overstep a boundary or you didn't know what to say and so you said nothing at all when they needed you the most. Yep. And I, I go back to the story of the prodigal son. Did we talk about that in the very first? Yeah, we did. Well, I can't believe we're only on the 12th episode. I know. It feels
1: like it's 100. But yeah. in that
0: story, the prodigal son, you know, Jesus says that when the father sees the son, that the father runs to the son. And most of my life reading that story, I've always thought, well, that's totally backwards. Why would the father run? The, the son
1: should, be, should be the one
0: that takes off sprinting running when he sees the father who has given and sacrificed and loved him his whole life, right? But you think that if you had never experienced shame. Mm-hmm. But what you know if you've experienced shame is the fact is the son couldn't run to the father. He didn't have that kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. Right He came crawling back in hopes, according to the story, that he might just be a servant in his father's household. Mm-hmm. That, that's the best he thought was going to happen. Uh, a pastor friend of mine was telling me once that um, in biblical times, servants and slaves weren't allowed to make eye contact with their master. Mm-hmm. And since the posture of the son was that he wanted to come back just to be a servant, more than likely, he, he didn't even feel like he could make eye contact with his dad, right? And um my, that same pastor friend said that he's always kind of pictured this even though this isn't the detail that Jesus shared about the story. He always pictured the father taking two fingers and you know, putting his fingers underneath his son's chin and just lifting his eyes up so Mm -hmm. that they may eye contact Mm -hmm. and I love that like I just love that image that that moment that grace that it's okay look at me Mm -hmm. you know you're you're my son Mm -hmm. um and when I think about what I want to commit my life to I think that's it like I want to run to people who are overwhelmed with shame and I'm going to put two fingers under their chin and I want to lift up their head and say look at me it's okay yeah. Right? It's all right.
1: Yeah. Cause all that does is initiate healing. You it know, does. like if you think that your silence or that your, you know, opposition towards somebody is actually going to somehow teach them a lesson, <laughs> I can promise you the lesson it's teaching them is nothing productive. It's not, if you have some goal for them in your mind, like it's not going to go there with the silence, with the hatred, with the judgment, with any of that. Um, I've seen that so much in my own life. Like, when I felt the unconditional love or undeserved just presence of somebody, um, that is really when I was like, oh my gosh, that's what God must think of me. You know, that's how God must treat me. And until then, it's really hard to put God into a category of unconditional love because you've never experienced it, Mm. right? As soon as someone gives you that gift, and, you know, for a lot of people that's their family, is that – for? a lot of people it's not. Yeah. Um but when you when you give that gift, you're you're helping them understand how God sees them and that to me is just like what a gift, yep. you know, to be that in somebody's life to just like a reminder and to not sit in the back silent watching them knowing, you know, that they're not okay and a lot of times like you said we do that from a good place. Yeah. But if we could just be so intentional to reach out and just it's so easy to do, right? It's so easy it to is. do, especially now on social media. Social media can be horrible. <laughs> you can use it for hateful things. And, and plenty of and you do. Words. Yes, freaking <laughs> this week. Um, no, but if you, if you can use it for that, you can use it for good. Yeah, and I just think, yeah. man, do it, guys.
0: Yeah, and, and we're not talking about having a lack of boundaries here. There's a place for boundaries. We've talked sure. about that before. We'll talk about that more this year. You've not talked about We want to do some, some topics around the idea of boundaries because it's so important. We're not yeah. talking about crossing unhealthy boundaries here
1: no it, yeah and it, it's it i think it's for people that you have relationship with yes like this is not someone who you've watched on instagram from afar and you think that you should speak into their life and you don't know them no way Yeah, <laughs> that is a boundary we've also experienced that it's it's the if you have do life with this person or have done life with this person or you know would consider them a friend I mean, or family, for that matter. That's, that's the person. Yeah, we're not crossing boundaries of acquaintances or yeah. people you think you but I, speak like. But I, I
0: actually do. So I do sometimes cross those boundaries because I just feel, you know, when we we're talking about divine interruptions last mm-hmm. week, like there have been times in my life now that I see somebody publicly who just goes through. Again, my assumption used to be always that I'm sure there's somebody that's reached out to them i'm sure somebody is talking to them somebody's helping them do this Mm -hmm. and these days i don't make that assumption anymore so like you know of a story that happened not too long ago there was a politician yeah who who messed up right and i mean national news it's on cnn it's everywhere uh they messed up it became public they had to resign. Their marriage looks like it's in shambles. It was a bad situation. Yeah. And I just reached out to them, remember? Yes. And, and I was just like, hey, you don't know me, but I've been through some stuff. And uh, I just wanted you to know it probably feels like it's all over. Um, but I still think there's hope here. And if I could help in any way, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. And they actually responded. Mm-hmm. And we had coffee, and I feel like I was able in that situation to run to them yeah, with some that's hope true. and love and acceptance. That's true. Um, but I mean, that's usually it's going to be somebody in your life, right?
1: Yeah. Usually, if someone's going to invite you into their shame, it's usually if they feel some sort yeah. of safety with you. But and I think just inherently, this woman, man knew who you were, yeah, and we're, we're able to trust that. But yeah, you're right. There are definitely moments. Um, where you can do that, but that was a very interesting story. Yeah, but no, but that's Fair. what I want to do.
0: I want to run to people like no. that. I yeah. want to and remind them, hey, your sin does not make you second class. Yeah, uh, I want to remind them that they're not what they've done. Mm-hmm. That doesn't define them. I want mm-hmm. to encourage them by telling them that uh, I've been there and I've walked around with my head, you know, hanging low. Uh, Brene Brown says it this way. She says empathy's the antidote to shame. Yep. And she goes on to say the two most powerful words when we're in a struggle are me too. Yep. Me too. We all have people in our lives right now who are desperately in need of healing. They don't need you to tell them what it is that they should have done right. They don't even, I love my friend Bob Goff says this, they don't need you to hold them accountable. They need you to hold them close, Mm -hmm. right? In that moment. Is there a time for accountability? Absolutely. Sure. In that moment, what do they need though? They need you to hold them close because the only meaningful thing that we can offer another person is love.
1: Yep. They can't you can't hold someone accountable if they don't first trust you.
0: Yep. Yep, the only meaningful thing that we can offer people is love, mm-hmm. not advice, not questions about their choices, not suggestions for their futures, just love. Mm-hmm. They don't need our polite indifference, they need our engagement. They don't need our judgment. They literally need to hear me too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Me yeah. too. I Like, hey, I've been there. Me too. You screwed up? Me too. Right? You're embarrassed by some of your choices? Me too. You don't feel worthy of love and acceptance? Me too. Uh, you don't want to screw up to define the rest of your life? Hey, me too. Yep. Me too. I have been there yet by the grace of God. I've experienced people's love and belonging. Most importantly, I've experienced God's love and belonging. And you will also experience people's love and belonging and God's love and belonging.
1: Yep. We said this in the first episode, but I love the way that you put it. It's, you can either join the party or not. It's going to go on either way. Um, And I love that, you know, that's the picture that God paints is like, we're, we're throwing a party, you know, if the sun came home, we're throwing a party. If you want to be the person that's pointing the finger, you can do that, but you know, what is that ultimately yeah. going to change? Um, so I just, I love that picture and I've not been perfect at that at all in my life, but I really, I think once you experience shame, as painful and horrible as it is, I really can see how it's been used for the good in both of us to be able to kind of see that, so.
0: yeah. I, You know, and I, I think there's so many proactive ways that we can offer this to people. Literally, I just, in that very second you were saying that I felt convicted, I was thinking about a friend of mine right now that I know is just drinking too much. And I, I could come at them, and this is how I've been thinking about coming at them, is kind of sit down and saying, hey, I think you're throwing your life away, right? But the reality is there's a hurt, there's a pain, there's something they're trying to cover right. up there. Yeah. Why not approach it from a, Hey, I the only meaningful thing I can offer you right now is love mm-hmm. and a listening ear. And let's let's instead of talking about um behavioral modification yeah. and what it is that maybe you need to stop doing right now. Let's let's go back and talk about where do you not feel loved? Mm-hmm. Where do you not feel accepted? What's driving this? How can I be here for you in the middle of that? Yeah. And you know, we started this episode by talking about our goals for 2021. I'm going to go back and I'm going to change a few things because I want to, I want to add in there, especially in that area of relationships this year, is just meet people with love. Mm-hmm. Like, as the only meaningful thing I can really offer them is my love and hopefully God's love through me. And I want to do that. I'm going to do that proactively.
1: Yeah, that's good. I love it. I love love.
0: I love love. <laughs>
1: No, I think it's it's our heartbeat, and man, it changes everything. I think a lot of times this is, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I feel like people have had bad experience in church or with religion or with faith because of the very foundation of not being met with love. Um, and that's how Jesus intended everything to be, is to be met with love and starting with love. And um, I feel like I sound like a hippie right now from the 70s but i really think that that is it is so so simple but yeah. it's profound and it's hard to do at all times but the concept of love in any situation wins
0: it does and the chase after the people that are hiding because we've all hid before and it's just the natural human reaction when you've screwed up we saw this with adam and eve right all the way back to genesis they hid right? They, yeah. they ran from God. Peter, when he denied Jesus three times in the New Testament, he goes back to fishing. He goes back to his old habits. He goes back to his old identity. Like We all tend to immediately feel like we're not worthy. And so we can't wait for those people to come to us and say, I need help. I messed up. We got to go to them yep. and, and chase them uh, with um, nothing, but love and acceptance. Yep. I love it. That's what I'm excited about for 2021.
1: Yeah. I think that's an awesome goal. And just sometimes it just takes being super intentional with it. Like the thought of it, you know, it's, it's not a lot of times you don't purposefully ignore people or just pass by people's circumstance. But, um, I think we just have to be super intentional to have eyes to see that. And, you know, you've talked about a lot lately, like a gratitude journal, um, Mm -hmm. starting your day with that. Um, a couple years back when I was doing some of that stuff, but also just kind of reminders in the morning, I started with some of that, like meet every day with kindness and mm-hmm. love. And when you do that, it's like in the grocery store, you're, you're seeing it in the drive-throughs. You're seeing it when you see your neighbors, you're, you're trying to be and act in that way. Um, and I feel like in this year, if we're just able to say, I want to be intentional with loving people, you'll start to see the yep. the people that are hiding
0: absolutely man oh man stuff. it is good will you hold me accountable with this yes all right me too good let's go out and love somebody
1: let's go love everybody and just love on love everybody. everybody
0: that's where the boundaries come in right there <laughs> yeah. we need some boundaries. yeah well well i hope this has been helpful to you guys um we'll leave you with this this week may the lord bless you and protect you may he smile on you and be gracious to you may he show you his favor and give you his peace